0: Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Football Revisited. The usual boys join me today. but Rob and Biggie. Um, so in the last week there's been a lot of changes in the world. we got a new president in the USA. A new vaccine for Covid. I've started winning games in fantasy football. But the referees in the Premier League will never change. They are as awful as ever. VAR as calamitous as ever. Um, but... I think we've made a decision today to avoid ref talk once again because we've been going on about it for weeks. So we'll talk about some of the Premier League clubs that are deserving of some love. We'll also be having a Champions League chat before ranking our eight players who we love or love to watch who have helped us fall in love with the game. Um, so there's a few surprise stories so far in the Premier League, a few clubs doing better than expected. We'll start by speaking about Crystal Palace, who currently sit in eighth and beat Leeds 4-1 on the weekend. Um, but you can have the first question. The English Bielsa, Roy Hodgson.
1: <laughs> How good a job is he? Oh, well, I mean, for, for his age, I'm surprised he's 5 he's, uh, so have heard the way he's going. He's, uh, <laughs> just says it all, really. Just says it all. The guy just got so much. Oh, he's still going. He's in his 70s. Like he needs. still wants to turn up to the training ground and coach these guys. Every single day, it's it's unbelievable. Um, obviously, he's got the England time and Liverpool time. We all know how that went. But Chris Paulus just seems. like... Am I right in saying Paulus is his team? He supported them when he was younger. Pretty sure. That
2: I, football about then, or
0: all going on? Well, it was invented we'll in '92. I'm sure he was well before that. Yeah.
1: it's <laughs> uh, just just one of them teams. they just mid-table, just plotting along. He's um, obviously bought that easy and looks looks like a good talent. Um, just gets the best sort of players like you know, Scott Dan, Sack these type of guys, just steady players. But uh, yeah, he's done well so far this season.
0: I agree, but one thing I always see his name in the sack Chris. I don't know why it's always like third or fourth manager next to be
2: sacked all the time. I think I think it's because it's the idea because of his age. So obviously he's on. He's on the way out, not on the way in, as a manager. Yeah. And it is a bit of a, um, it's like in the NFL where everyone wants this young, open-minded it's attacking true. head coach. Well, it's the same in football. Everyone wants like a Brendan rogers type manager comes in, yeah. looks the part. Nobody really likes the old, the old. Like that's, let's be honest, that's why Sam Allardyce isn't in a job right now. It's just yeah. like, yeah, that type of manager, nobody really wants to bring them in. Now. So no. I think that's the main reason now. Um. Hodgson is up there, in terms of being sacked, is one, his age was against him, and two, it's just the type of manager he is, isn't it? Yeah, um,
0: what you were saying now is actually how he got the job in the first place, because they went frank to board, didn't they, and that yeah. just went terrible, so they just went tried and trusted. Why? Um, how on earth have they still got Wilf Zaha, though? That's why I don't know. It's like he's been asking to leave for six years. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, yeah, it, this is one of them. It, it's about time he left. Like, I can understand a few years ago why they wanted to keep him because they were still floating with relegation now and again. But now they're proper at table. Yeah, you got to let the boy go. He obviously went to Manu, and he was younger. It didn't work out for whatever reason. Um, and yeah, he's been yeah. a terrific draft player over the last few years. Um, but yeah, no, he deserves. To be I don't really know who he'd go to.
2: Yeah, but that, yeah, that's my thing. He's 28 now. Yeah. At the end of the day, I. I think that is his level because if he goes any higher, is he a guaranteed starter? No. Because when you look at higher than Crystal Palace, would go into Everton, for example, be a major step up? I don't think it's a major step up. No. And I think if yours are, I think it's a genuine argument to say, oh look, stay here, be be our um, you know, big fish in a small pond, be our main guy. Or go yeah. to Everton, which is, you know, all right, they might play uh, Thursday night once in a while, but that's not even guaranteed. Yeah. And you're one of many players, and as soon as you don't start playing well, the fans will love you here because you're a local lad, turn on you. I just think that the, I think the ship is sailing, personally. I really yeah. do. Plus the money they'd be
0: asking for him, you're talking about 60, 70. Exactly. I can't see any team paying that. that
2: no. you know, and, and, he, and he fle- he's too fleet in, you know, like. He is your classic U2 player. He comes in and out to games. If you want to be that top level, you know, in fairness to Man United, I think his move happened at the wrong time. It was the wrong circumstances with Moyes. Man United went through transition. But that's what he is. And that's why he works so well for Palace. Because when he does those fleeting moments, it stands out brilliantly. But when you play for a top team, it wouldn't... If he went to Spurs now, he wouldn't start. And we probably, well, as we like Spurs fans, would probably get very frustrated very fast. I would. Yeah, yeah I can't
1: imagine being frustrated you, can you?
2: No, and, and <laughs> you know that you think of that, you think of the teams. You know who is the major, who is a clear step up. You would go Arsenal, Man United, Chelsea, Liverpool, um, Tottenham. You get in, no, you get in none of them. Mm, true. And like I, th- that, I think with some of them, he doesn't even get close to starting. It's not even like a debate. It's like, well,
1: no, you're not. Yeah. I think he thinks he's a lot better than what he is, and that's probably the problem. He, you know, he thinks he can make it that level. I
0: think but, you can see why he thinks that, so, Though I think yeah, any player, is yeah, no, the best player
1: Like you team. He's think. 28. Surely yeah. he's gone well. You know, the last four or five years, nobody's really come into me. There was talks with Everton there at one point. Arsenal flirted with him. You know, if somebody really wanted him, if he was really top, top draw somebody will have paid the money for him by
0: now. Yeah. I so, think it's time now. Drop it. There's about two years left where maybe the timing could be right.
2: I would say uh, the time to go was two years ago where he'd come back to Palace, he'd rebuilt his career, rebuilt his reputation. You've got to go then. So say he goes when really 26. Yeah. 26. You could say, right, we're going to get four or five years there. If we, you know, we rate then we get four or five years out of him. You say it now, oh, 28. You know what I mean? Someone will be like, oh, well, he's, you know, close to 29. By the time you're <laughs> him, he's 29, because obviously it'll be next year. Um, so yeah, it's a lot of money, like you said as well. So I, I just think for him, it needed to be earlier. And now you think, well, you know, build the legacy there, isn't it? Take yeah, part, but- you know. And if you're that good, take part. to the next level. Yeah. What's the harm in staying? There? Exactly. Granted, they got right odds so that one to happen, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, they got Burnley
0: and Newcastle next up, so they could be taking six from six there as well. Could uh, climb into the European places. Where do you think they come finish, Rob? What's the ceiling for Palace?
3: Oh, I, I, it, it's it's mid-table, aren't they? Uh, when I think of like the top six, I can't see them. Um, m- maybe they're like they finish the season and they're maybe like you know six to eight points off that top six. But I think their ceiling would be kind of like eighth, ninth. Yeah, I think that's like, way
0: too high. Yeah. They're fighting to top, I think top, the... no. top
1: 10 is a ceiling if they're flirting for top 10.
3: Oh, I, I, nice, so no, I, I think we're going to see some surprises this season, uh, but I think that this, this Christmas period coming up is going to be brutal for them. Uh, and okay, good patch right now, but hey, they've got some quality players like that. That a recently been a bit of a spark for them. Hmm. Like, yeah. Next to players, Burnley, Newcastle. Get six points from them. Who knows?
2: Champions no. League, maybe. No, I'm not going that far. <laughs> that's what they needed to do though in the summer, and I think that's what they need to know as a club. Is they need a younger? Because you look yeah. at it. I mean, think about it. It Was it last year? So not the summer. Got the one before. Gary Cahill was one of their big signings, but he was like 34 at the time. Yeah. The whole team. They had a goalkeeper was like in their 30s. They had um uh, Joel Ward, is it? Uh, he was playing he's in his 30s. Scott Down, 30s. Um, Gary Cahill, 30s, MacArthur, 30s, um, you know, Christian Benteke, Jordan Ayu, both, you know, they're not they're not young, are they? Yeah. Um, so having... they were just an old team who needed energy, needed youth. So bringing in Eze is a good sign in. They've got a Mitchell at left back now. Hmm. The next step for them is to just kind of phase out some of these older players and build around Zaha, build around what well, perhaps Eze because you know yeah. he could be because that uh, hard is here on the side. Mm. Definitely. It like a the air, so.
0: Yeah, it looks good. Um, so, moving on to Southampton, another team doing well so far. Currently in fourth place after beating Newcastle. Um, first games, first game since Ings got injured. Out for six weeks, is it? Around Four six, six weeks. weeks, yeah. Four to six weeks. Do you reckon that could affect them in any way, but? Over well, you,
1: you would have thought so, wouldn't you? But after watching them on Friday night against Newcastle... Uh, I got to Newcastle were poor, but they didn't look. Out of, he didn't look out of place to be honest. Um, che Adams stepped up. Uh, Cameron played up. Top. Arthur Walker played up top. Not a bad replacement. Uh, what Rob just said about Palace, I think Southampton got a much better chance of even fighting for top eight. You could say, I think if they finish top ten, it'd be out of a season for them. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, they've won five of the last six games since Spurs battered them. So that shows because I think last last few seasons, Hampton would have lost a few games after getting battered like it But shows probably how far they've come that uh, they go on that sort of run after that sort of defeat.
2: Your fan Shay yeah. Adams uh, Sims. Yeah, no, I, I <coughs> sorry, I don't know, I don't know why. I yeah, like not so much to be honest. I just I remember him coming in and he didn't score for like a while, did he? Yeah. And no. it's Always like he worked hard, he, you know, he gave his all. You think you can, there's something there you can get on board with. Then once they start scoring a bit, all of a sudden then you can really get on board, Daniel. Yeah. But like, yeah. I think it does help as well. He scored some lovely goals as well. I think, you know, Man's yeah. one last year was lovely. The one on the weekend was lovely. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that was his first he's, one. He's really unselfish, isn't he? It's just... They're a nice, they're nice team. Players players play, yeah. Yeah. They're a breath of fresh air right now.
3: You think back mm. to last year, that 9-0 loss to Leicester. How did uh, uh, Ralph keep a job after that? Yeah. Because they were under pressure anyway, but... You know, it's a turnaround. What's
1: his second name, Rob? Pass and Hoodle. Absolutely, yeah. Because oh, that is so rare. We're on first name terms, you know, me and Ralph. <laughs> in any sport, because I mean, 99% of the time, you would have got sacked after a 9 0 loss. But, like, he's no mug. Like, he was managing Leipzig a few years ago, and you know, they were a great team. I think they finished second under him in the Bundesliga. So, yeah, fair plays, but maybe some other teams would look at that and go, if we just stick with the manager for a bit longer. Yeah. Maybe the results will turn around. So, yeah. Because they
0: weren't Hopefully just at 9 0. I think they weren't in great form before no. that. And you thought all the stories were that's going to be the final straw. Yeah. And then they turned around from there. It seems like that was the turning point. Exactly. And then um yeah. the season, brilliantly. Can you see him getting a bigger job? Do you think he's like in the queue for the next step up?
2: Mm. He's the type of manager who then goes abroad back when well, I say abroad to yeah. us. For him, it's just going to Euro, and would then get a job at say because if you think about it, it does feel a bit. I know in the context at the time Leipzig weren't the Leipzig that we see now, who are Champions League qualifying You No, know, mm. they've just they've, in the past they've had Wern, Kate. Uh, you know they've got some good players there now, but you know really if you think about it, it's it, it's a backwards move, isn't it? Leaving a top team in Germany for a mid-table team in the Prem. Yeah. Do you think, well, the next step for him would be probably going back to the level he was at? Yeah. Yeah. Dortmund, I could see,
1: somewhere like that. Yeah. And do you
2: think, well, I could see him probably going there. Ahead of going somewhere in the Prem, doing like a pop move where he goes to Spurs, I could see him going back to like Germany or perhaps even taking over like somewhere in in, um, Spain or somewhere like that.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Or Villarreal. Yeah. Yeah. I think
0: he's... A good enough manager where I think, as so many teams he'd suit as well, some managers you see oh, actually he could only, like Sean Dyke, for example, there's only yeah. certain teams you can see him being at. But then yeah. you go past Noodle, as so many teams you can see him going in and working. Yeah.
1: Question, um, question I would say, though, is, is when does he leave, though? Because we all, yeah. like I was saying off with Sean Dyche, he should have left maybe a couple of years ago because now it looks like he's a bad manager, even though we know he's not. But the results aren't there. Because obviously the results will go the other way. You know, are those jobs going to become available? Yeah, who knows. But leave when your stock is I high. De- I think he deserves to go somewhere well,
2: What I would say is still very early on as well. I mean, we are think we're waxing lyrical about him, but you'd like you'd like to see a bit more from them before we start. I mean, we're saying you know just if he ties on on this projection, yeah. Though, obviously, yeah. he still needs to do more because you know they they. They didn't finish particularly that high last year and they've had a good little run now, but if they were to lose four of the next, ten games, four of the next five games or something, then we wouldn't even be discussing it. But I definitely think, like you said, there's, there's a, you can see the potential there. Yeah, definitely. Where with other managers, sometimes you just think, well, I just don't see it.
0: Yeah, and there's that question. Is Because when you have a top-class striker, like they have with Danny Ings, it does paper a lot of cracks, doesn't it? Yeah. And I hope I'm wrong because I actually like Arsenal as a as a guy as well. But that could be something. But they got Wolves and Man U next and the next two games. So that could good test to see how far they've
1: come. Hello. I'd, I'd fancy them against both. I'm not gonna say they're gonna win, but I don't think they get embarrassed.
3: I don't think they go come out to those with zero points. No, yeah. yeah, I
0: agree. Okay, uh West Ham next. David Moyes um they beat fulham 1-0 uh coming in 12th but that doesn't say the full picture because they've had some great results beforehand before that game as well where they beat leicester drew to spurs drew with man city um been impressed with them Rob? west ham at all or what are your thoughts right. on
3: west ham? i just want to address this first because <laughs> that west ham fulham game annoyed me scotty p i'm sorry in what world do you not let Alexander Mitrovic take a penalty <laughs> in the 90th minute and you let him, absolutely nobody called Luckman, step up and try some fancy Penenka? I'm sorry, there's no room for that in football. There's just no room for it.
1: <laughs> yes, you about West Ham, not Fulham.
3: No, I'm happy, we, Rob. We'll get, to, we'll get back to West Ham. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I, I think they've, they've been, once again, another breath of fresh air. I think they've got. A very nice attack. Okay, this, uh... Not not the best attack in the league, as I would say. I want
2: the,
3: to hey. No, no I I think that Jarbo and Michel Antonio Pablo Finals. I think that they got some lovely chemistry between them. They're getting involved, they scoring goals. I think we didn't think David like the the whole thing of like David Moyes being out with COVID and having to manage from <clears throat> the sidelines, the whole joke of when he comes back West Ham are going to crumble oh, they're, they're, they're lovely they're lovely to watch
0: mm. yeah some nice players, I, I've said it before on the podcast that the right back yeah. he is one to watch for me this season um, Sheffield and Villa are their next games then I think I'll be convinced because their games they should win they've had good results against those but going to those teams has always <coughs> been their
1: problem they should definitely win the Sheffield game <laughs> yeah Feel like
2: step. I, I think you're right. That that that's the thing for them now is it's all well and good picking up the odd point here and there and getting the win, the odd win against yeah. a team. But if you want to be considered a good team and a good manager, you need to do it against teams that you should be doing it against. Yeah. You know, it's it's even even on the beginning now. I mean it took a it took a late goal to get one up and then you know in Let's be honest, it's, it's in another word he puts that in and it's one all and all of a sudden I say you know West Ham they they can go Drop on two points yeah. yeah they can be competitive at Anfield, they can keep city at bay but then as soon as it's expected they're expected to take the game on someone else they couldn't even do it against full so it's just you've just got to back it up from you and that's what the good teams do they just back it up with another win even if they're not playing well and that would be my feel with West Ham is is it a case that they can just soak it up and then they can hit you on the break. What can they, what happens though if you're to sit back, which some teams will do. Because I'm, you know, look at I'm in field with a suit check and rice. Yeah. Neither of them are going it's to be. limited. Yeah, there's are bursting forward with runs with the ball, like in, in a number 10 position. So that would be the worry for me.
0: So they're in 12th now. Do you see that being kind of the ceiling for them? Good season yeah. for them, maybe 10th around there. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Combat, Sorry. As uh, I was gonna say, I I I don't think they get any higher than twelfth. I think they'd be flipped in. They're probably one of on, um, Maybe March time. They're probably in relegation battle, and then they'll they'll go up the table. But yeah, I think it'd be a great season for them if they finish twelfth. Yeah, the way it's been the last couple of seasons. for them <coughs> mm. it'd Be a terrific season.
2: No, I agree. I think if if they got top ten, then I guess that's an actual stunning so season. Yeah. Part of yeah, that. I agree with but What they need is a were just no, no fuss. No issues, no drama, just where they know come February, March that they're not going down. They can start planning for the next year because for the last couple of years, they've just constantly been, as Beth said, come April, looking a bit over their shoulder. Yeah. And then, they, then all of a sudden, then you hear them talking, You know, all these managers say, about like, you know, oh, they had two lists, one if they were going to go down, one if they stay up. And all of a sudden, then you know, all your summer planning gets pushed back. They just need consistency and they need. So um key griffin will then. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um so moving on to
0: Leicester, the last club to speak about here. Currently top of the league, beaten Wolves 1-0. Fardy missed a penalty, but he also scored one and he's 21st in the all time Premier League scorer list, despite only making his Prem debut at the age of twenty seven.
1: <laughs> insane.
0: Wow. That's insane, isn't it? What player. Wow. Thoughts on Leicester, but? I mean,
1: yeah, obviously a brilliant start. Let's um, say though, I'm, I'm not sure though because I think I said a couple of weeks ago they lost that game to West Ham. We went under under the radar because there was other big results. So I'm just thinking oh, they lost to West Ham at home. They, they could be a few points even more clear. Um, yeah. But yeah, they just look and so you've got to remember as well, at the moment, they've got a lot of injuries at the moment. Do you know what I mean, Son out, Johnny Evans was out, uh, Ricardo was out, it's basically their back four and you know, fair play to Brendan Rodgers, he's put him as a back five. You know, that Luke Thomas has come out of nowhere, look, okay. For Uh, for far, yeah, I said, for far, it looks looks like a player. Uh, Madison's coming back fit now. Um, Yeah, when you look on paper, they've actually got a really tidy squad. Um, To be honest, I'd fancy them for maybe like a Europa League run as well. I wouldn't be shocked if they get get quite deep in that tournament. Um, Yeah, if they're going to title challenge, I don't really see it myself, to be honest, but they're fighting for top four. It's another great season for them. So yeah, yeah. probably fighting top four, top six. But then
0: you could argue it was a bad end to the last season not getting top four with how clear they were. Yeah. Once that, once the pressure comes, can you see them doing it again? Actually, yeah, No, yeah, I, you
1: know, I see what you're saying, but I think they have, I know they lost to West Ham, like I just said, but they have reacted well. Like we said with Man City, they had a bad season last season. They haven't really come out and you know, shown how good they really are, whereas Leicester have you know, they've got some good results. You know, they beat Leeds away for you one know, That's not yeah. a result that sniffed at. That, that was a great call. it. Yeah, Arsenal. It looks like they can play different ways, which I think
2: is yeah. important nowadays. So,
1: yeah, things are good for them.
2: Agree with that, Sims? Yeah, no. To, to be honest, I was thinking, oh, my point was going to be, well, I think they've got an, an easy start. But then when you list the names like that, you know, they haven't mm. really had have, an easy start, did they? Yeah.
0: They're that was going to be my point and i looked up their games and i thought oh yeah they played city first i think it was city's first game of season They five two beat arsenal but that went under the radar because the other results on that weekend um yes. and they got liverpool next also again i think that's a telling test That'd but it's a good time to play liverpool trent would be out probably verge obviously out to the season do or take. is the game home away um no. i'm not sure of myself
2: i think it will be uh let's it because Liverpool have quite a few home games now but one thing I would say, the only worry I have with Leicester, I completely agree, if a, if a fan looks like a good player, and I would like to see him do well in Europe, I wouldn't like, take it seriously because they've got a team which is also set up to do well in Europe. Yeah. You know, to to counter, to break. My only worry would be, I, I find they're really dependent on Jamie Vardy. Yeah. Because your question you think, if Vardy has a day where he's not quite on it, or if Vardy was to get injured, because you know, that's what happened at the end of last season, eh? Yeah. The reason they struggled for the results by the end was mainly because Vardy stopped in. Yeah. And you just, you do wonder a bit, you worry a bit. I know Ian just done well this year, but if Vardy's not on it, yeah. can they sustain and win games without them?
0: Yeah, you called it, um, watching Leicester, not the last game, the game before, Vardy's movement, and... It's no slight on you to say he's not got as good movement as Vardy because Vardy's brilliant at it. But the team are so used to that level of movement up top that when he's not there,
1: you do it does highlight it even more.
2: Yeah, I Vardy, think it's hard Vardy's to Vardy. find a striker
1: that you can bring in. Like I think Ian is probably maybe not the best you're going to get, but for a team like Leicester, who are you really going to bring in as a second choice striker? Because you know Jamie Vardy. I know he's in his he's thirty three now, or thirty four, whatever he is. But I, I think I said to you when we were watching him, he looks the best I've ever seen him. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's, uh, I
2: what it, nobody, a Red
1: Bull must be doing something.
2: Nobody really plays that style anymore, either. Yeah. So that's what you got about replacing him is there's not many people who will just com- just run behind all yeah. the time. He doesn't go too bad that he doesn't have a touch in the game and a half. As long as he gets that one chance, he's happy. Yeah.
3: Like,
2: even the likes of like, Harry Kane now, all these modern strikers, Harry Kane would wouldn't want to not have the ball. If he's not getting the ball, what's the first thing they all do? They come deeper and deeper and deeper because that's what top strikers do these days. Yeah. But even Lewandowski does it. But you, Jamie Vardy, it doesn't bother him not touching he the ball. Goes the other way. Yeah, exactly. It, it, the more, less he gets it, the more he's just going to start spinning round. Yeah. It must be an absolute nightmare mark him. Absolute nightmare. I, because you, on, I think you, I think in your mind as a centre back, you'd be thinking. Oh, I'm having a great game here. Like, he's not getting a sniff, he's not getting a sniff, and all of a sudden, you're as you're pushing up, thinking, Oh, where's he gone? He's gone, and he's that yeah. sniff he hasn't had, he's put it in the net. And me and Bats were saying
0: when we watched it, like, he may have lost and he had a yard of pace, but you just wouldn't know because his movement is that good that he's gone before defenders defender has time to have a race with him. Nah, big fan of him. Um, So moving on now, um, actually before we do move on to the Champions League, I will, we will mention Villa, the only reason we're not going in depth is because we've spoken about them a few times before, but I just want to say Jack Grealish, only Kane and Son have contributed to more goals than Grealish so far this season, and he won me my fantasy football game, so
3: (laughs) thank (laughs) you Jack,
0: and Rob one question before we move on as well, at the start of the season you said Arsenal's front three are the best in the league, do you still stick by that? Just
3: because I'm I'm stubborn, poorly, I will stick with it.
2: <laughs> I respect
0: that. I respect
3: that. I, I'm right. you know I'm 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 right even when I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> so with the Champions League, we're at the halfway point of the groups. So by now you tend to see kind of the the big teams creating just gap maybe three points four points between them and everyone else. Um, but with a couple of groups, you're not seeing that at the moment. So I'll start by speaking about Group B, which is so you've got Munchen Gladbach top with five points, Shakhtar Donetsk second four points, Real Madrid four points, Inter Milan two points. Um, we've seen before the show about Real Madrid Sims. What have you seen much of them?
2: Um, I watched two of the games. I watched the Shakhtar one, and I watched some of the Inter Milan. Not Shakhtar, sorry, the Munchen Gladbach. No, yeah. Shakhtar. Thank you. Shakhtar, yeah. Shakhtar, yeah. Um, where they fell? I think it was three 0 behind. Because obviously at the moment as well. Real Madrid are playing in the reserve stadium. They're not playing at the Bernabeu. Um, so that in itself, just, you know, like you talked about the mystique, like you were saying about like the mystique of them and the whole thing that, you know, they're Real Madrid and when you take away the fact that there's there's not 80,000 people there yeah. and then you put on the fact that they're not even playing in this grand stadium that they had and they're now playing on the reserve pitch which is next door and it's just got like a little stand, smaller than 70th with the Reds. <laughs> it all you know, all of a sudden, that mystique. It just, it just, it ebbs away, and then you look at the team, you think it's quite ageing Yeah. So they still rely on Ram, and Benzema. Well, Modric. Yeah, they were doing that. 2014, 2015. Yeah. So it's like they just, they just seem to have stood still.
0: They're better, Crystal Palace. Is what you're saying oh, the yeah. European <laughs> version of Crystal
2: they, do, they just seem to have stood still. I mean. They bring in Vinic- um, Vinicius, or Vinicius, or whatever his name is, and they got the Rodrigo. Neither of them, uh, compared to what they've had in the past, they're not even no. close. And then, if you see people like um, Isco not being able to get a kick and not being able to get a game, and you think, oh well, you know, they they must be good if he's not getting a game. Well, I don't see it. The defending is calamitous. There's no praises in the midfield. It's the same midfield three. Cruz, Modric, Casemiro has played in all those Champions League wins. But you've just got to mix it up. At some stage, you've got to think, right, one of them needs to go, we sell and we get someone else in now. You try something new. Exactly. And and it it seems like they're just so used to just going through the motions that that's where they're at now. So really, there is no... Like you said earlier on, if you were to draw Real Madrid now tomorrow in the group stage or in the quarters of the last 16 yeah you wouldn't be afraid no not all. because you know for a fact they're going to give you chances to score
0: definitely that group is um so close and it's surprising seeing madrid and inter third and fourth you'd expect one of those teams thinking really yeah. of old football the last 10 years those teams to kind of take especially that group just to go right win two of these games if they win two of them that because everyone else is taking points of each other they're probably six points clear
1: to be honest, uh, I, I think it's quite refer- sorry, I, sorry, I think it's quite refreshing on. to be honest because yeah. <laughs> the group stage of Champions League last few years has been a bit of a fast. To be honest, like it's always the same teams qualifying. There's never really a push from a team like a Gladbach or, uh, or Shakhtar Donetsk. So yeah, I think it's I think it's brilliant for the Champions League to have <laughs> to have a group yeah. like that are they on five points, four points, four points, and two. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, most groups should be like that. Really, in my eyes, if they're meant to be the elite teams of Europe. But, uh,
0: yeah. The other group that could come down to the wire is Manu's group. So Manu and Leipzig are um, first and second on six points. And then you've got PSG and Istanbul on three points. The only reason I wanted to bring that group up is so we could talk about Denver Bar's goal last week and Manu's <laughs> defending. I don't know if there's much to be said on it. Rob, can you find any words?
3: I, I loved it. <laughs> it. It immediately reminded me of Torres' goal against Barca all those years ago. Of how it's like, but but the difference but the was context
0: of the whole yeah.
3: game. <laughs> Chelsea were down to ten men, and that was like the ninety-first minute or whatever. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, I, I remember I remember the like social media going wild at it, and I went on YouTube the goal, and I was like, "Oh, that's pretty bad." And then when I realised the back four were all kind of, like, almost inside the box. I was like, what's going on here? How on it? Because it's not as if the, the corners happened and they haven't had a chance to get back. It, it, there's been, like, five seconds that goes by and they've not moved. It's ridiculous. It was ridiculous. It's like maybe but... these
1: football, when <laughs> kids are learning how to play football for the yeah, first time. Yeah, it is. just running towards the ball. Yeah. There's literally just, like And these guys are like two and I think week.
2: that's being harsh to to them kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know, in the Trocester tournament end of year, my teams have never done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Honestly. And I got like my Johnstone
0: it, debut and I stay in position. I score a world from centre back, but I stay at centre back.
2: You got my feel and te- you and like real Ferdinand broke it down. And it's one of them. I don't even think you need to, it's not even point breaking it down. That's how bad it is. No. There's nothing to say. It's like yeah. there's no point saying like, oh look, he had a decision and he went and you put all these arrows. No, no. It was just rubbish.
0: The perfect pundit <laughs> for that would have been Roy Keane. Oh yeah. There's no analysis. No. Oh Michael Richards.
1: That would have been equally fine.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, that man knew still top of the group, so uh they're on six points, like six six, PSG three. PSG struggled so far, surprised me.
1: I don't I don't know who it was. It might have been Sims said a few weeks ago. If you actually look at PSG's squad it is actually bang average. Apart from our front three. So.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, and there's a still playing for, for football, for goodness sake. I mean, he wasn't good at a really bad Man United team. And I, I know they got to the final last year, but let's be honest, they played Atlanta and Leipzig. You know, you couldn't have asked them yeah. to draw a reason, You know, so I think that was a big, I'd be surprised if they got to be honest. They just, because I was talking about Thomas Tuchel getting sacked and it looks yeah. like there's a bit of, because I think I heard that um, He's been arguing a lot with. Who's the sporting director? you no. you yeah. I think they've been on Barneys, so I'd be surprised if he's still there at the end of the season. Yeah. Not um,
0: Other English clubs looking good. I have saying beforehand that um, Man City, Chelsea, and Liverpool all top of their group, all unbeaten. Um, so that's a good sign. Could all four teams go through? Do you think they will? Do you think Manuel will get through that group as well?
3: I'd expect so. Yeah. With the state of PSG and like get a win against Leipzig, but then they're more or less true. Yeah,
0: exactly. Um, one league is Covid cost us Ronaldo versus Messi uh, last week. But 8th December, boys, remember the date? you got Barca-Juve in the return fixture. Um, looking forward to that. Could be the last time.
1: Yeah, yeah. that hope it's a good game.
0: Yeah, exactly. Hope they both go off for one last time against you Dricks each, you know, and yeah. missiles days um, <laughs> Anything else stood out in Tramp's league or surprised you this year? Uh,
1: the, the, the one overriding feeling I got because obviously I knew we were going to talk about this um, and I looked at the groups and I, I'm just looking at the, the tournament as a whole and I'm just thinking some of these teams you know, I'm just, I, I look at Chelsea's group Sevilla, Rennes, whoever else is in there Krasnodar, Krasnodar, uh, K- yeah. I, You know, at some level I understand they need to get these other European teams in from the Bulgarias and you know these Eastern European teams but I'm just like it's so diluted with the quality because I mean you've got some clubs there who will probably do well to get out of the championship do, do you mean like so it's just yeah with all this talk with the European Super League all this talk as well it just it doesn't doesn't look great like we've spoken about two groups out of yeah. how many groups there eight like really we should be talking about every single group at the halfway stage saying oh this team could go through this team does this but really yeah. it's like two groups. Course, uh, like, yeah. yeah, so I just think it doesn't look great for the competition as a whole, and that might be due to the fact there are a lot of teams this year that just are not very good, or are usually very good, like the Real Madrid's, like we've already said, Basso, UV, etc. So maybe that's got something to do with it. It's a bit.
0: good season to be a good team in the Champions League, yeah, because I yeah. don't think there's as much competition, like you say, as there normally would be. Uh, yeah. Sims, anything
2: stood up for you, Champions yeah, League. no, I, that's, I, I was just going to say, no, I think that. When I look at the, at the Champions League and also just European leagues in general, I think the main thing, I think it is premature to say that the age of like the super clubs are, is coming to an end because it's only like one or two years. But yeah. you look at, you think, there's not many of these that are, that, I, that that frighten me. Or, you know, I, th- I think back to like five years ago where if a Real Madrid, a Barcelona, a Juventus, but most, mostly the two um, Spanish teams that came calling for a player, you had no hope of keeping them. It wasn't yeah. even a, a debate about it. Didn't matter if you were Man United, Spurs, Liverpool. Didn't matter if you were Juventus. All of a sudden, no. I don't think there's any team abroad that could take just could just cherry pick players because none yeah. of them are good enough. And you look at you look at Juventus. You think, well, they're an aging team with a massive financial problem. You look at Real Madrid, the exact same. And I'm just talking about how they've like lost their see Barcelona, I mean, everyone knows the politics going on there. They're all over the shop. And then you mm. think of the Milan teams. Historically, no, what was a good Milan team? Yeah. Both of them now struggle. So mm. there's just there just doesn't seem to be any like big big teams out there. And then all that's how you end up then with someone like. Like you saying about Chiron and Man City a second favourite, Liverpool a third yeah. favourite. I I don't, over two legs, I don't think there was many, if anyone could beat both of those teams over two legs. Yeah.
0: And you're saying about the, Midland, the Milan teams, and it's the teams replacing them just aren't that standard because you'd expect in the league if AC Milan or Inter come down level, you, someone else filling that gap. But you've got Atlanta and Napoli who are good teams, but they're nowhere mm-hmm. near the and and winning in the team are or, nowhere near so. where they
2: were a few years yeah. ago like yeah.
0: even
2: like even just comparing themselves to them to, to them you know to the own team, they're nowhere near as good they're, yeah there's you know you go through the top you know ayaks they're not as good as they were a few years ago But even now you take out that one year where they are hell of a crop youngster they've been pretty poor for years yeah, PSV like when we watch a football software they early made 2000s early 2000s. PSV were good exciting like, yeah Porto. They Mark Van Bommel, like Mark they used to get to the quarters and they were competitive. Yeah. It's seen you know, if you, you do PSV you now in the yeah. quarters, you'd be delighted.
1: Yeah. yeah. You
2: no, know, Ben, they were competitive. Yeah. These teams just aren't they're not at that level anymore. There'd
0: be a yeah. couple of teams, or at least one team from every major nation where you'd want to avoid. No, there's about three clubs you want to avoid, just in general, yeah. all of Europe. And yeah, it's yeah. um
1: Another one as well is like, like Sevilla, no, take Sevilla. They're always the bridesmaid, never the bride. You know, they've won how many UEFA Cups you, Europa Leagues in the last 10 years. You look at them, they should be, they've won the Europa League. Brilliant, fantastic. They come in Champions League, all right, they look okay. But can you? Can any of us sit you with a straight face and say they're going to win Champions League? Or even compete? Or even get past the first knockout round? I can't say that with a straight no. face.
0: They and they're meant to be, you know, the, the best,
1: you know. They're meant to be the Europa League winners, and it, yeah. Yeah, it just so, I'm not saying it's the European Super League, but something needs to maybe they condense a, it a bit. There's less bit more clubs, bit be more competitive. They need to do something because people will stop watching. You know, I just watch a red zone now and just see the goals because I don't want to watch some of these clubs play. Yeah, it's boring, and I think eventually they need to think of something.
2: What I would say as well, I know. Like, well, I, I've been wanting to say for weeks. I said to you tonight a few weeks ago, boys, where I'm starting out to get to the point where the no fans is a big thing for me because yeah. you you are falling out of love a little bit because, like, especially the European nights, like, yeah. at least yeah. when you were watching before, like, if you were to watch, like, Rome in the Stadio Olimpico, well, if you're watching Roma, you had, a, you know, like 60,000 people there, who passionate, Are you watching a game in, like, Ukraine there wasn't you know, there was a good atmosphere there. Yeah. Even if the game was a bit rubbish. They, they, yeah. like, you know, if where was going there, like any English team was going there, they they'd have to be better on the ball, maybe, but you know, it would be a bit harder. They go you're watching the games now, and it's yeah. so gloom, so glum
0: like. And you you hear players say the crowds in different countries are different, and mm. that's part of what the Champions League offered is seeing that different kind of footballing culture outside the twenty two players on the pitch. And that's taken away so all you're left with is a stale game of football.
2: Do you remember two years ago, Liverpool went, and Spurs went there last year. Um, was it Zagreb, or was it Partizan, or oh, Belgrade. Belgrade? Yeah, Bel- or with the um, oh,
0: like it. on it was the like
2: tunnels. big-long tunnel, and before the game they were talking about, and Liverpool went there, and the fans were absolutely ridiculous. I think Liverpool gifted them a goal, and from there, they just never, they could never get up into it because they were so good. Spurs were better, I think. I think Spurs won up there. But it was a difficult game. Yeah. And it's mm. different. Exactly, because the fans on top of you, it was an atmosphere, so even when the quality on the pitch wasn't great, as a mm. spectacle, you could watch it because you felt like, well, all right, this is thing that If I was to watch now that game back now with no fans, not only would I expect Liverpool and Spurs to absolutely batter them, yeah. but there wouldn't be a spectacle because you think, you know what, like Butts said, these are actually pretty rubbish.
1: Yeah. yeah. Hey, so that could be the biggest game of their season. Yeah, it was their yeah. league, they might run away with it or, you know, nobody really watches it or whatever. And this is their biggest, you know, all the ticket money they get, all the merch, all that stuff.
0: Yeah. And yeah. Everything no, so goes into that one game and that now they've lost half of, well, yeah. I'd say more than that. The, their main kind of attack, like when teams like Liverpool yeah. go there, their main force is the fans. You lose that and then it's just down to the quality on the pitch, which they don't have like in comparison. Yeah. to. Let me ask you what, as
1: as Liverpool fans, do you think the Atlanta game would have been a lot harder with the Atlanta fans there? Because they're known for being quite... Um, yeah, uh, yeah quite I think so. That's a yeah. great I, word. But I, I don't think they would have... They might have still won, but I don't think I they would don't know,
0: have it, It's hard to say. Liverpool turned up and played very well.
1: Yeah.
0: Which, if they do that before with fans there, in hostile places, but it just makes it that much harder.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with, I agree with Burke in terms of Styles make fights. Um, unfortunately, for Atlanta, the way they decided to, to line up is just exactly how, like, if you would ask Liverpool to, how would you want the team to play against you? Defend narrow, defend high up, leaving space behind, and it just killed them. Yeah. You know, where, I think Liverpool would have probably, the move they were in, they were won by a couple of goals, whatever. But yeah. I completely agree with the idea that there's no way it would have been 5 0 to start with, just like the Aston Villa Liverpool game would never have been 7 2 with Fanza. Yeah, because because teams just think you know what, get together. We're not conceding more because it's just imbalance. And I just I get disillusioned with I just get disillusioned with football now because I just think well, you know the referees are rubbish. We've got VAR which is just absolutely ridiculous. I know we're not going to talk about it, but you, you can't get away from it. No, we can touch on it. Yeah, you add you add those two together with the fact that there's no atmosphere, and then yeah. I, and there's like other, you know, other things. Then you just think. It's not the not it's nowhere near the product that we watched even yeah. last year. Like even six months, well, ten months ago. It's nowhere near that. Like, you watched Premier League. I was watching Premier League years in nineteen twenty. Last season. Thinking, yeah, oh, I watched God, it, what it. I would do to watch that again, like.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why they got rid of I think that's why they got rid of the pay-per-view. Just because they're probably looking at the product going, this is so bad, we cannot charge 14 <laughs> for this. Like, yeah. if there was fans, they'd probably stick, well, well, obviously they wouldn't need it, but, you know, it's just... Yeah. yeah I, I, I agree with him, because yeah. I didn't really think product it was making a done. difference the fans, but now I've seen more football at the start of the season, I'm like, oh yeah, actually it is. Yeah. It's affecting me now more than I thought it would. So yeah. I completely agree. Roll on the vaccine. Oh yeah, well, there we are, yeah. Um,
0: Oops. Rob? head on the block, who's winning the Champions League?
3: <laughs> Sorry for the silence there, but uh, I can't really see past Bayern Munich. I know they've had a bit of a shaky start in the Bundesliga, but I think that's they've got great quality everywhere on the pitch. That's a, that's a fine,
0: fine guess. But and Sims, same question you two. Go on Sims. One team now, and we'll revisit
2: it. it in a few uh, few months. I don't think we are going to win it. Um, well, you're wrong. <laughs> I, you know, I act, I genuinely believe, even without Van Dyke, Liverpool are good enough to win it. But add in the fact that there is a good chance of Van Dyke is back by then.
0: Yeah, I can see it's getting like, quite far.
2: Yeah, quarters. Well, with him getting semis in the final, Van Dyke may. Maybe coming back towards it? It's a maybe, but even without them, looking off Thiago in the mix by then, hmm. and, and it more. It's more to do with the fact that I don't think other teams are very good.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah. go Liverpool. Well, yeah, I'm. I'm going to Liverpool.
1: Well,
3: you're both wrong.
1: But uh, yeah, I yeah, I. And the Champions League. I fancy I fancy Bayern to do to go back to back. Because like you said, I just don't think Liverpool can. They might get to the final, but I think without Van Dijk, I think Lewandowski might uh, do some damage. Man City will beat themselves and choke. <laughs> and then my my outside little bit, and they haven't started well. They're one, one, and one. Is Atletico Madrid? I don't know. There's always something about Madrid, Atletico. Yeah. You know that they, they, they thrive in a sorry of, sort of thing where. I don't think they need the fans as much because Diego Simeone is basically like 20,000 fans in one <laughs> and he'll get, the, he'll get them going and the way they play could suit uh, this season so yeah. I'd let it go. Yes. 25 to 1 with the bookies. Some money.
0: Yeah, worth a quid. <laughs> um, so right, moving on to our draft which this week is plays you love to watch or made you fall in love with football. Um, You can interpret it how you like, just as long as the word football and love are (laughs) in the sentence. Um, So, to order this week's draft, I've come up with a trivia question around a manager that I love. It's Big Sam Maldice. So, Big Sam Maldice has represented 16 clubs, different clubs. He's represented the same club a couple of times, but yeah. 16 different clubs as player and manager. So we'll go around naming these if you fail to name a club or name one that's already been said then you're out and you will go third whoever keeps going longest will go first so um we'll start with rob and then sim and then butts as your big sam expert I
1: don't say that <laughs> <laughs> i'll be our first one No, that would
3: joking i should have a few in the
1: bag uh
3: let's get
0: both out of the way well oh, Dunn, he's uh, represented them twice as a player and once as a manager.
2: Um, Ev Dunn.
0: Correct.
1: Preston North End.
0: Preston North End is correct. Uh, twice as a player and once as a manager.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Rob. Um, Sunderland. Sunderland. Once as a player, once as a manager. Palace. Bishop Palace is correct. Miami. It's not my army. Is it not my army? It's not my army. What is but... it then?
3: Oh, I've <laughs> got it wrong. Oh, <laughs> is, it the, the, right. the, is it the other team in that state? We'll see. Um, so, buts is out. team's place? I think it is, yeah. We'll, we'll see. I I don't want to take a guess, though. Uh,
0: uh, what's been said? Um... Bolton, Sunderland, Preston, Palace, Everton, and Miami. Uh, Newcastle. Newcastle is
2: correct.
1: Uh, I see where I've gone wrong. Yeah. Fair enough.
2: Was he manager of Not County?
0: He was. Rob? Big Sam tennis.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be involved in this. Uh, Can I say England? No clubs only. Sorry. Uh, All right then, I shall go. Oh gosh! Missing a couple of well-known ones.
2: Cupia.
0: And that isn't one of them. So no, that's incorrect.
2: So I will go with the one I think bats is going for. Yeah. I think I'm pretty sure that he played uh, do, do I get do I get it if I know like the place but not the actual like nickname of the Yeah club? yeah yeah I'll love that I'm sure it's Tampa Bay
0: It is Tampa Bay and I'm sure it's Tampa Bay Roadies, Roadies
2: yeah, I'm just looking yeah, That I didn't know but And I'm then sure it's Tampa Bay
0: Yeah and that's Why what I think him and, like the Tampa Bay Bucks I think or whatever the NFL team if it was Bucks back then like, shared that's where he go into his analysis and the um, like, sports science, yeah, and yeah. that's why he brought over later Is um, he
2: has he been a manager in England before?
0: Yeah, yeah, uh, Limerick. Limerick. Do you want to see how many you can name Sims?
2: No, the last I'm, man standing.
0: No, that, that was okay. Blackburn and West Ham, two you should have all had. No one said Blackburn or West Ham.
3: To i mean, stay West. Oh no, I said Newcastle, no. didn't I?
0: Um, so yeah, in order, it's both, well not order, because obviously he's, but anyway, in some sort of order, it's Bolton, Sunderland, Millwall, Tampa Bay, Coventry, Huddersfield, Preston, West Brom, Limerick, Blackpool, Nott's County, Newcastle, Blackburn, West Ham, Palace and Everton. Ooh. So Sims, you start us off in our draft, then Rob, then Butts, and then I'll have the two picks and then I'll go backwards.
2: Nice. Do you know what? I'm I'm happy I'm starting this week. I'll be completely honest. When I first heard that this was gonna be our um would be topic, I can't say I was thrilled because I found it quite I when I when I first started, I thought, mm, I'm not sure about this one. Quite sounds quite generic, difficult. However, the more I got into it, the more I found myself almost writing a love letter to the <laughs> Tell me about it. Honestly, like it brought up, it's, like a, it's like one of them was I like going through a rebar really breakup and then kind of steamrolling it over it again. And I found myself going through all the same emotions I went through the first time. Because the first <laughs> player I talk about is the first player that not only did I love, but who broke my heart. At this moment, when this player left my club, Liverpool, that I knew, footballers, Don't actually care about (laughs) it. Because the footballer that I first, like, not first fell of him, because it's the obvious one, considering we're Liverpool fans, it is an obvious one. But I tried to stay clear of him because I thought, well, you know, everyone's going to say that. But there was one player who I thought, when I saw him play, I thought, oh my word, this guy is unbelievable. When he joined, it was like a massive move for Liverpool. Um, It was probably the first move that I fully remember in terms of being old enough to grasp how big of a deal it was that he'd signed. Um, Because obviously i have been watching him for a few years before that, but he was just coming into like the period where we were becoming teenagers. We were starting to really get interested and focus on football Um, and he joined for a club record fee of £20.2 million, which at the time was a lot of money. you know I, know, I know I love him simply because I can remember loads of things he did for Liverpool in the time he was there. And I can picture goals in my mind. So it's like etched in, I think, oh my God, he was. He had like such a grace on the pitch. The he would glide past defenders. He had his own advert. He was unreal. He had his own nickname, he had a song. He was, uh, he was incredible. He was lethal when he was one on one. Um, when I think of this player, I think of his first goal at home against Chelsea, where he skins Tal Benheim, slots it bottom corner. I think of his last goal in his last season. may not have been his last goal for the club, but his last big goal, meaningful goal, where he scores against Chelsea again. where he just he gets on the left-hand side, shifts it to the right, bends it around. Sk- Classic uh, Premier League goal. John Terry. It was. And then I think of the hat-tricks against Reading. He's won the League Cup, won the League. I remember the goals at Old Trafford where he's absolutely ruined Man Vindic and Ferdinand. The night that him and Gerrard ruined Madrid, 4-0 at home. And obviously the late winner of Villa where he like, it comes out, keepers coming rushing towards him, dinks it past him into the bottom corner. And then he broke my heart by leaving for a rival. <laughs> and he did. He, and I, 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 You know how much he broke my heart because when Suarez left... I didn't actually. I was just like, oh, well, yeah, this is what happens in football. i have given up on love. <laughs> I'd given up on love until Jürgen <laughs> Noble clock walked through the door with all his lads Alison, Moussala, Sadio Mane, and I'm ready to be hurt again. <laughs> but this player was the first one, and his name, El Nino Fernando Torres. What a no. way to start. What
1: that black blackbird goal obviously sticks out for me.
2: Yes. Yeah, just yeah. Them. yeah, that's yeah. The I Oh, there's one of his new from the Jared ball is unbelievable. Yeah, and then he just leaves it. He leaves it, go off.
0: What a player. What uh,
3: about?
0: Sorry I did that to you, Sims.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: just hope it'll be okay.
1: Um, Hannah, Hannah be pleased that he fell out of love between uh, Fernando Torres, leaving and Suarez.
2: <laughs> Question is, has she been able to fill that Torres? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll get her on the pod
2: probably not <laughs> well that's an interesting uh, bond
0: <laughs> <laughs> christmas special yeah. rob who's in the number two Hi.
3: well i i mean it could be anyone with my uh footballing mind no but um you guys know uh, many of our listeners probably wouldn't know or may know but when uh, we used to play in school i used to enjoy playing in goals so, Sims, a goalkeeper is getting added to the list. And I know you are, you are pooping. <laughs> <a favorite. laughs> he has got the hood over his head. How does a goalkeeper make the list? But truly,
0: I was going to say beforehand that like, I don't imagine any goalkeepers making
3: the list. But- if you were to call Jones or someone like that no, Richard but- Wright. <laughs> I want Richard Rice. But obviously, I love playing goals. I had my cat-like reflexes. You've all seen him when we were playing six aside for Delta FC. How good I was true. And there's one there's one night in history. That inspires me to be that good. Week in, week out back in 2016. Traumatic pause. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know what's coming next. We're going to go to the Turkish city of Istanbul. The year is 2005. There's some lovely little poll <laughs> called Jersey Dudeck. He captured my heart in that that Shevchenko double save. Never mind the save of the pen, but the double save. That to me proved that goalkeepers are worth the money Sims. Goalkeepers can be clutch and goalkeepers can win you trophies. So you may have your Fernando Torres the number one, but in a number two jersey, do deck, come fight me, lad.
0: Wow. Wow. I the other two have moved to their mics because they're just laughing too much.
2: Honestly, I, I, I no, I wasn't laughing at all. I, I'm <laughs> disgusted that we've caught, we've gone from Fernando Torres and the grace of Torres to the absolute lunacy of Jersey Do <laughs> I can't. I can't believe you'd you'd slander him like that. Oh, I can't. I can't believe we're saying players we fa- made us fall in love with. Football. Yes, <laughs> you've got. You've got <laughs> to realise FIFA, and you've got to pick the one person the you who doesn't use his feet. Though <laughs> <laughs> you've got to understand. So <laughs> I just a, goalkeeper, no, a goalkeeper. No, no, no. My criteria equals fun, fun, fun. Players who made the game
3: fun. Nah. Well, look, you want to look at your definition of fun because Jersey Dudek is in there. Look, there was, a, there was another goalkeeper I went to add. He's not made the list. And this guy inspired me because of his height. And I'm short, but Gregory Cooper could have made the list instead. <laughs> <laughs> but Jersey Dudek is getting it instead. Save us. Uh,
1: was on uh, sorry, sorry. I've just been wiping away the tears of laughter. Oh <laughs> God! Um, I don't think anyone who's going to listen to this podcast has recovered. Um Cheers, right, Sims. Sims. I'm sure my next pick will bring it back up to the level. Now, as I mentioned last week, 2008 is the year that I really started watching football, and incidentally, this is the year that my team signed a certain little player on you no unfortunately not that's why i left and went to spurs um, yeah this guy had already been signed and he spent four years at the club and i'm just going to read off his stats because they are unbelievable he's got 130 caps to his country to date over 400 club appearances two la liga titles four champions league titles was 2018 world cup golden ball winner and the 2018 Ballon d'Or winner. And that, of course, is Luka Modric. I don't know what it is about him. Because let's be honest, he is not a very good looking bloke. <laughs> He's not one that you put on a poster to sell calendars. But I don't know what it was about him. He just stood out as just a guy who just never loses the ball. And he gets better and better with age. Especially in those 2012 to 2015-16. I generally don't think I saw him lose the ball he'd get out of positions that I don't think my body could ever move Um, and he just yeah, he was just an unbelievable player, didn't score many goals but the goals he did score were spectacular ones, always outside the box, his first goal for Spurs was against Liverpool in that 4-0 win at home Um, great great volley I think it was but yeah, just, just an unbelievable player with an unbelievable career and should go down in my book as one of the best modern day players of all time so yeah, Luka Modric, hopefully that brings up, Sims.
3: Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't wait to bring it back down on my resume. <laughs>
1: Let's
0: like
3: bro. Rob, when
0: I was younger, I was a goalkeeper. I'm joking, It's no <laughs> goalkeeper going forth. i I'm joking, don't worry. Um, so my first player um, is a guy who I'm sure I've watched live more than any other player. Um, he's an entertainer, a goal scorer, a legend. Um, my first memory of him is going to watch a game uh, with my dad and my grandfather when I was about 10 years old. So this would have been about oh, three or oh, four. Um, and in the first half, this guy kept trying flicks and tricks and kept losing the ball. I remember half time comes, my dad and my grandfather going in on him half time because he just started getting attention because I think he had just moved that summer or that transfer window. And he was starting to get attention around the fans. But um, my dad and grandfather were yet to be convinced and they went in half time 2 0 down. This guy comes out of the second half, scores a world of free kick. I'm sure he scores another, but he was just untouchable and won the game for his club. A two-year stint at the club where he scored 68 goals in 45 games. Um, I'm amazed no Premier League club ever took a chance on him. He's never played at the highest level. Um, I've lost count of the number of times I've signed him on Football Manager. I won Spanish England on FM and took him to the World Cup with me, and he scored a few. Um, so yeah, top player. Um that game I mentioned with my dad and my grandfather was a Swansea City game. He's a player that we hinted at picking on last week's podcast. Um but since those Swansea days, I've met him out on a night out in Swansea. Um got a few photos with him. He's played for our local town Slinatley, where we've seen him in the clubhouse and we've seen him tear it up on multiple occasions. Um he's back not long ago tearing up for Armonford just before lockdown we to told Park once again. Um, he's 44 years old. The fact he's still playing just shows how much he loves football, and that's rubbed up, rubbed off on me. I loved and still love watching him. And he is, of course, magic daps himself, Lee Trundle.
1: It's, a, it's an unbelievable pick. Lee Trundle, unbelievable in pick. Number four. Do you mind if I just say? Go it, for it. That's what this backup. is for. It wasn't my backup choice. So 2011, Swans have just won the playoff against Red in 4-2. So. I went to watch this game. Coming back on the fun bus, everyone's having a few beers. I think I was about 16 at the time. Let's just say 16. The bus had calmed down after an hour. Everyone had drunk a bit too much. Everyone's chilling out a bit. So driving along the M4 back to Wales and um, just hear this this horn going constantly for like a couple of minutes. And then everyone minutes. just turns. Well, Genuinely, it was a couple of minutes like who the hell was going on. And everyone looks outside of the bus, next to us and next lane. And there's this car and there's a bloke through the sunroof, with two cans of Fosters in his hands. And he's just pointed at the bus, and everyone's going, who is this guy? And everyone just, you know, has a little bit of a closer look, closer look. And this guy puts one can down, on top of the car, opens it up, chins that can, throws at the bus, opens the other can, chins that, throws at the bus. And who was it? It was, of course, x striker Lee Still
2: Steve Yeah. It would have been a great plot twist if it wasn't <laughs> it was Lee <laughs> yeah. And Lee Trundle was actually driving the bus. <laughs> oh. and,
1: and as a young fan, it was probably one of the most mad moments I've ever seen. It was unbelievable, and from that point onwards,
0: I just love Lee Trundle. Yeah, what a see how much he loves football as well. And unfortunately, no, I mean. the fact he's still going. What a man. Yes.
2: Um, yeah,
0: it'd be incredible a few times when we got down and watch him. live. Yeah, just even for Fnatic at like yeah. he'd been about forty And that not stint race good sixty eight in forty five was for Fnatley. Unbelievable record. Unbelievable. I think I checked he played. he's played for eighteen, nineteen clubs, something like that. Unless he's massive on each one. No
1: loyal no loyalty of football anymore.
0: <laughs> it's the club's fault for Genred, it's not his fault. It's true. Um so that was my first pick. Someone who's never played at the highest level. But my next pick has only played there. But he also had a stint at Stoke. But they were friendly. So this guy was my first football love. His name is on the back of all my Liverpool shirts. And growing up as a Liverpool fan, he was the face of Liverpool, but also the face of English football as well. His enthusiasm for goal scoring was infectious. And I'll always have a soft spot for him, despite the fact he did his best to ruin that on a couple of occasions by signing for Man U. Um, but I have forgiven him for that, that he will be pleased here. Um, I was so desperate for him to re-sign for Liverpool one day, but it never happened. Um, I remember I was once on holiday in Salou, and it was when he re-signed, when he left Madrid to go Newcastle, and at that time, all talk was, he's coming back to Liverpool, and we were in a Liverpool bar, Shankly's in Salou, shout out. They're playing pool, me and my dad looking up Sky Sports News on. There he is outside Newcastle's training ground, picked, holding the Newcastle shirt. And I remember that because it broke my heart. Um, but I'll always be grateful for him for helping me fall in love with football. And my pick is Mike Lowen. Mike Lowen in at number five. Good pick. Great Thank job. you.
3: Right, bye. bye. I'm still upset at the Lee Trundle pick and him getting love and Jersey Dudek getting shunned. I mean, what is this will come to?
0: Trundle, surely you can see as a player that you can see why he makes you fall in love with football. The skills, yeah, the tricks, you can, the goals.
3: Surely you can understand uh, as someone who was a goalkeeper as, when they were young. Yeah, that you picked
0: Jersey Dudek. No, I don't understand that. Uh, but
3: but you, you take the loyalty to it. I mean, that, that, that final performance against AC Milan,
2: wow, he won my heart. Yeah, look, We've lost all credibility in any. Any listener we did have switched off as soon as you picked Jersey deck. Yeah, they're not here a, in these picks. As a football podcast, we are now saying that one of the people who made us love the game that we're talking about is a Polish goalkeeper who won the Champions League that night, granted, but is a goalkeeper. <laughs> he doesn't even kick the ball half the time. He catches it. But, again, I'm going to ask you to
0: save
1: us. And, uh... Uh, I don't think I'm the man.
0: Take away honest. with your next pick. Well, I
1: we'll, don't see. Think we'll, well see. let me let me give let me defend myself a little bit. So, this guy was uh, a player that I could see myself if I was any good at football, I could see myself going. Oh, okay, maybe I could get like him. And this guy, ninety-nine percent of football fans probably don't know who he is. They probably never heard of him. If they saw good. him play, they wouldn't think of anything of him being special. But i do a little trivia for you, right? So you know he's a defender. I'm just gonna read off his career. So he started at Man United. He then had two consecutive loan spells at this club before joining them permanently. He made just shy of 300 appearances spanning 13 years. Scored only five goals, which is something I could relate to, because if I was a professional footballer, I probably would score only five goals during 13 years of playing. Was instrumental in maintaining championship status for this club throughout his career and helped them gain promotion to the Premier League. But unfortunately, due to a freak golf accident where he jammed his leg between a tree and a golf buggy, he broke his leg and was out for a year and he never really made it in the Prem. I don't think he even played. He might have played one or two games and was subsequently loaned out to the likes of Leeds, Yoville, Aberdeen, Crewe and eventually finishing his career at port so, does anyone have a little guess of who it could be?
0: I feel like that's such a comprehensive career, but no names are springing
1: to mind. Ah, I think I think it's a it's a decent CV, you know. You yeah, it's comprehensive. I mean,
0: it. it's something with yeah. all those things. I think yeah. we should all be able to chuck a guess out, but for some reason, I've got nothing. Yeah, no.
1: This this guy has played with a player that's already been mentioned in this draft, and
0: Lee Trundle.
1: Lee Trundle is the link. <laughs> it's not Lee yeah. Trundle. I wish it was, but it's not Lee Trundle. And once you're all thinking, I'll just give a reason. Now I went to watch uh, Swansea those years I watched him with a Vetch At a season ticket. I watched him at the first few seasons of Liberty. And I always saw him. He he was a tough player. He was a hard-nosed player. Swansea were transitioning into that you know playing from the back, passing team. And he didn't quite fit there, but he was solid enough in the Championship. He could play right back, left back, centre back. Always filled in. And I think Sam's has guessed who it might be. Is it Alan Tate? It is Alan Tate. It's a great choice, who is now assistant coach at Swansea. And yeah, Rob, my kickoff. But it's a nostalgia pick for myself, you know? I, I didn't know I he footballer. I'm not allowed
3: so, to a nostalgia that. pick that. That's what you're saying. Fine. Well, it can
1: be, but pick somebody, you
3: know. But don't pick a footballer.
0: I'll be honest, I think I'm taking Rob's side in this. So. Alan, Alan Tate
1: made you fall in love with the football Is that Alan what we're going Tate.
0: with? Like, Alan Tate. Hold on, for that in the sentence Alan Tate made Alan you fall Tate. in love with football
1: yeah. yeah He stood out to me at a young age When I was just learning about football Watching live football in my head, Which I don't watch a lot of And I saw him and I could see myself in him <laughs> centre-back, hard nose Not a, very good in the ball gets stuck in <laughs> I could <Right>. see myself <coughs> That
2: sort of thing that's so, all right. That's saying, my pick. You got the memo wrong on this one because I am <laughs>
1: completely
2: different. Oh. Rob, I feel bad for saying this. Rob, can you say
0: yeah. with your next pick, please?
3: A hundred percent. I can of save you. But apparently I've I've got no credibility whatsoever. But um. look, the the easy pick for me was obviously Steven Gerrard as a Liverpool fan. But we yeah. were kinda of like try we wanna stay away from him. But I'm gonna go for his partner in midfield and go Xabi yeah. Alonso. What a great superstar. And oh, look who's upset now. I see someone's flinging their arms around on the camera. Let's fill let's finish this sandwich, Sims. Who we got? <laughs> so that was your pick I, and
0: description, yeah?
2: Yeah, not only have you taken him, but I had a lovely love letter for him. And that's all you said was, Oh, my player, which is my feet off and left it again. I, you know,
3: you know, I <laughs> would have had a lovely story if I hadn't been attacked the last time, okay?
2: All I'm going to say is, Rob,
1: I didn't attack you. I didn't say anything. I was just laughing.
3: No, no. So. Sim, Sims is the main person here. He's got a bit song and dance about it. Now, he has to live with the consequences. So, oh, right, what well, I'll do,
2: Bert, I'll come in for all three listeners that we've got. I'll do the Xavi Alonso one, and then I'll do my next one. I'm so, happy to have two Alonzos on the list, I'll be I'll, honest. When I'll leave it, it Shabby Alonso I I just with the, that's all he gets. So, Rob, great pick, by the way. <laughs> What an unbelievable footballer. He had 210 games with 19 goals for Liverpool and 19 assists. However, as our good friend Lucas Butler likes to say, he had a lot of hockey assists. The pass before the pass, which are key, he's unbelievable. A sublime pass for the football. Nonchalant in midfield. Gets it, gives it, gets it, gives it. Unbelievable footballer. You watch him live, he is he caresses a football. Probably the best-looking pass I've ever seen in terms of visually. It was, there was hardly any backlift. He was just hit it and it'd be a 70-yard raking ball right in front of people. Rob, you like his analogy? Charlie Alonso used to play chess when everyone else was playing drafts. <laughs> Three or four sets ahead of everybody. Really. Wasn't a fastest although was more athletically gifted than people thought. But his top two inches were ahead of most players. This is a guy who's won World Cups, Euros, Champions Leagues. Every team he went to, he made better. And if anyone's listening, if anyone is out there, (laughs) and you want to know, Xabi Alonso's greatest ever assist. Not only did he have one in a game, he had two of the best assists you will ever see. I will tell you, look up. Sunderland, Stadium of Light, Liverpool-Sunderland, 2005-2006 year. The kit is yellow. Horrid Liverpool kit. Absolutely horrid. Xabi Alonso, first assist to Luis Garcia that night. It is incredible. Ball comes over, he's in his own half for about 10 yards. Comes across. He lets it go across his body. Swings on his, he literally swings his leg around his left foot, his weakest foot, picks a pass that I didn't even see he was there. Neither did anyone else in the world. Luis Garcia stopped it home. Incredible. You're thinking. Most players are like, oh, wow, I'm going to live off that. That's my YouTube clip now for the next five years. That's what these Sims are going to watch me in the lap with for the next five years. However, big shot me. He was like, no, nah, no, nah. I'll go on to my left. I'll get on my right now. Second half comes. He gets the ball again. Cuts inside from his left to his right. From halfway. Curls the ball over the top between right centre-back and right-back. Steven Gerrard's running through. Puts back spin on it. Just stays up. Gerard slotted in. Again, wow. And to end with, the reason Charbelondo is one of the coolest guys I've ever seen football pitch. He ended his career by retiring via Twitter. The tweet said, and I quote, lived it, full stop. Loved it, full stop. Farewell, beautiful game. And it's a photo of him walking away, just turned round with his hand and a pair of boots in his hand. Is it a black and white? Photo as well, I'm sure. Like just got that a vibe awesome. to it. No more. Uh, it to the full. The guy, yeah. Really Lovely uh, description. Two Sims. And that so. is how you do a love letter.
0: <laughs> as soon as you said the word Sunderland, though, all in my head that I got last week. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Nobody go to the um, website
0: to we get a Sunderland shirt. So complete the list. You just want to shout out the name, and I'll just write them down.
2: Uh two yeah,
0: so, nice in the morning.
1: <laughs> one of them
2: is well ugly as well. Go on then, Sims. Fin- <clears> one of the Don't know why I just loved them. Actually
0: loved him. Another one, big. gianfranco Zola. Nice. Lovely. The state of this list, boys, fair play. So we got Fernando Torres, Jersey Dudek, Luca Modric, Lee Shundle, Michael Owen, Alan Tate, Shabby Alonso, Shabby Alonso. Um, then we'll say Pavel, Nedved and Jean-Franco Zola.
1: i just like to say, Rod, to you do you, mates. This, this should be a safe space. It's a subjective <laughs> uh, draft. You can pick whatever player you want. It could be from non-league to the Champions League Ballon d'Or winners. It does not matter. Because for some people, you know, they may have only seen Swansea all their lives. They may have only supported uh, Swansea all their lives. And to them, people like Alan Tavenley Trundle... Oh, they're idols and that's what they're ah, trying right. Le- Le- to do. Not, one... not everyone's supposed to they're and, not the same that's it. fine not everyone watches big European football games nobody watches all these big massive games so i got no problems with any of
2: them. just the goalkeepers hashtag yeah. keepers are real people <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, before we
0: move on to the final segment but any thought into what next week's draft is if you haven't no need to announce now is
1: it my pick is it
0: I don't know if it's not your pick then I I think I it. it was mine last
1: week would not it Sorry. Then Sims.
0: Sims, Inc. Yeah. Any, any thought into next week's draft yet, Sims? Or uh, no, sorry. That's right. Best <laughs>
1: of all time.
0: No problem. <laughs> so we'll move <laughs> on to the final segment, which is the mystery segment. It can be a trivia round like last week, a debate like the week before. It can be a game. Anything football related goes and it's up to the person whose name is drawn to do that. So we've had Sims done one, Rob's done one, so it's between me and Butts. So right here, I've got two pieces of paper with number one and number two on there with my Butts name on one of them. Rob, after picking a very adequate number one in Jersey Dudek, um, you can pick either number one or number two.
3: Well, you know, I'm going to pick with the goalkeeper's number and every goalkeeper should be wearing number two. So number two it is.
0: (laughs) And number two is Luke Butts. Oh, here
1: we go. Luke Butts, what... My question is What would the state be if goalkeepers were into football? That my job. <laughs> not mine. It's not mine. Right. Okay. Let me get my question up. Right. I'm not going to give too much backstory on it. I'm just going to give the question and open the floor, and we'll see what happens. So if anyone's still listening after that uh, draft roller coaster, then good luck. Okay. So, and it's quite a, it's it, it seems it's as favorite topic. It's about, Rules, referee, and that sort of thing. Yes, and Burke obviously as a former referee himself. Former. So the question is, <laughs> sorry, when are you allowed to referee again?
0: Yeah, we'll get into that another time.
1: <laughs> okay, so my question is, does the game, as a whole, need to look at adding slash changing the way it punishes players on the field, and specifically uh, the use of yellow cards? And what's you thinking? I give a bit of back, uh, bit of backstory for it. Because in my view, yellow cars are becoming a bit redundant because they're not really doing much in terms of stopping players making challenges and doing this sort of thing. Cause I mean, how many times you see a yellow two yellow cars and they make a red? It doesn't really happen that often anymore. And yellow cars are branded out for you know taking your shirt off, you know, descent. There's loads of different things that magnitude to, to a yellow card.
0: As you well, said, I, think, I had thought of Bruno Fernandez on the weekend, where exactly. he had a yellow card and he put in a couple of challenges that generally are yellow card challenges. And yep. he got away with it on the basis that he was already on the
1: yellow. Yeah. But yep. just, just to give it a bit more, I had you know, these are obviously not, no, um, you know, they never happen, but who knows? Maybe introducing something like an orange card. That maybe is something like a sin bin, whereas I think um you might have mentioned the Kyla, Kyle Walker challenge in the game just last weekend against Liverpool. It was quite a bad challenge. And everyone's going, "Oh, is it a red?" So those ones are kind of in the middle. It's not really a red, but it's not. It's more than a yellow. Should there be something in the middle where that player deserves to, let's say, have a sin bin, deserves to go off for ten, fifteen, twenty minutes? I don't know. Because really, yellow card for that is not sufficient at all. Because he's got away with one. If he injures that player, it's a detriment to the other team, and all the punishment is a yellow card, which means nothing. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just an. I think it's an interesting, um, interesting topic.
0: The only thing I would say, and I think we've said it before on a previous week, is anything you can do to make the refs' life simpler is the way to go. So add in another. Card or another system into the mix is just making their
1: life harder, I, yeah. which they can't call. I thought you is. would say this, so I'll give my alternative where you make the yellow card then the uh sin bin. So let's just say, let's take Bruno Fernandes, he gets booked, and he gets a yellow card. Let's take out away the Tottenham process. He makes three or four of those fouls, which some of them were quite tasty, and they weren't just little trips.
2: Yeah,
1: he then gets a yellow card because he's been contributing badly in the game. He deserves to get a yellow card because he's been negative on the yeah. game. He goes off and for 10, 15 minutes. Obviously, the other team gets an advantage from that. And then, obviously, you stick with your red cards, which obviously yeah, stays was, yeah, yeah. can't really change, change too much. But I don't know. I think wow. it would stop a lot of other things. I think it would help the referees as well, to be honest.
2: I'm... I'm very much against the orange card, the idea of another card, simply for the exact reason Burke said, is that they can't even get did right to the yellow and red. So giving them even more subjective decisions is the last thing I would want to do. Yeah, that's um, And also it was just complicated because there's all you'd have then is, for yeah, he's gone in with force, but is it worthy of a red? Is it more of a not? It's like, no, no, red is red. Yeah, yeah. is yellow. Um, I personally don't think they need to change it. I think yellow cards are just that. I think it does... Um, I think yellow, if you're on a yellow card, smart players, it does change how they play. Yeah. It's the stupid ones. Like I always think of John Joe Shelby. John Joe Shelby will not change how he plays. Doesn't matter if he's on a yellow or not. He'll still lunge in, which is why he picks up cards a lot. Because he doesn't change how he plays. Then I look at someone like Fabinho, for so Liverpool, the better players, they do tend to change how they play. Like, he won't go to the floor yeah, if he's on a yellow. So, I personally don't have a problem with, but I, I would say one thing you did say I would change what you can have a yellow for, because I don't see how, for example, how uh, you will use the, the other day, how the Kai Walker challenge, which could seriously injure someone or could just injure someone in general, is worthy of the same punishment as.
0: For example, he was doing scoring the goal and taking his top off. Yeah. Mm. yeah. They probably need to look at, like you say, some, the brackets more. But yeah, I think warning yellow and red are the way it should be. Um, but, but I think refs need to stop this if he's on a yellow and he's done it again. That mentality of, oh, he's on a yellow, I'll let him off. And that's something that's it's harder to police and harder for any suggestion because at the end of the day, it's their own. Mental strength to be able to go right. You're already on the yellow, you messed up. Here, you're getting another yellow,
1: yeah.
0: I think that's down to the refs more than any changes you can bring in.
1: My what Sims just said there, my only argument would be against Idler. I completely agree with that the smarter players do change their game. But what I would argue is, I think it was Luke Shaw a few weeks ago, he was chasing someone back and they're on nearly towards the box. There was going to be a chance, and he just completely wiped someone out, and Luke all he got was a it might be Lucas Murray, yeah. I can't remember what it, who it was against.
0: Yeah, it was not for challenge. They
1: wiped someone out. Um, we're probably saying, OK, it's not really a red card, but he has literally stopped a goal scoring, not goal scoring, he's stopped a chance. If Whereas it's the card. I think card, I, I, I think
0: I thought yeah. it was a red, personally,
1: but not okay, I gave so just Yeah, let's just say it's not a red. But shouldn't there be something, because really all he's getting is a card. It doesn't doesn't really do anything else other than he's just getting the card. Because I understand, yeah, he's going to change his way, but you know, is he really going to change that much? Because players don't really slide in that much anyway, especially yeah. fullbacks these days. Yeah. So I, I, I just think I just think something needs to. There needs to be more of a punishment for a yellow card, and the thing is, if you do this, you're going to stop dissent straight away. Because it's one thing I've noticed without fans, and it's really, really starting to bug me, and it's in, it's in it's enhanced in non It's just, it's making watching football just annoying. Like Bruno Flanders weekend. it was so annoying just listening to him moan. If you get a yellow card out, bang, you're off for 10 minutes. Go off. I guarantee you that will stop dissent within two or three games. Because the managers will go, I don't like it. But you cannot, because someone will concede you in that 10 minutes. And the managers will say, you can't do that anymore. And you can do other, other things as well. Some challenges, bang, yellow card, you're off. I just think it'll make... The referee's life a bit easier. I know they're not very good, but it doesn't really help when every single person on the pitch is just in their ear all the time, going, "Oh, it wasn't right. There wasn't this. It wasn't that." So I just think something like that, because if you're going off for 10 minutes, it's a real detriment to your team, and you might concede two or three—maybe I mean, not two or three—you might concede one goal or two goals in that in that time. So I'm not saying that's the answer, but I just think something more. Do you know is attributed to a yellow card? Do
2: you know like? the fouls where there's a break on and then they tug them back and it's like or oh, they like even like just tackle them as in literally jump on yeah. them which is like the standard yellow it's like the most obvious yellow it's never yeah. red. But there's a difference. You know when they're trying to wipe them out in terms of like swiping their leg and they like almost yeah. kick them in the shin or something. Yeah. Like Berg, you always say the terminology isn't it um if you endanger an opponent is Yeah. That, that's,
0: so that's the, the red, red card.
2: That's red card, yeah. Like that's what I would say to focus on more is there's a difference between when someone's running, like if they beat you in midfield and they're running towards you, or they're running towards goal, you're on the wrong side of them. And you just, the, the, the obvious choice is shirt, pull, nobody's getting hurt, you're picking a yellow up. Yeah, textbook. Yeah. yeah, textbook. The problem I have then is when they come in and they try and hack them. Because for mm. me, if you're hacking someone, you're not going for the ball. So you are actually endangering the opponent because you're trying to hack their body. And I remember one ref was actually brave enough to give a red card for that
0: exact fence. John Moss did it. I remember he did it, give Granite Jack a red card and he was on halfway by the dugouts and it was someone running away and he just hacked him from behind, hacked his legs just to stop the counter. That was the intention. And he turned around expecting yellow and John Moss shows the red and it was a red card because, like yeah. you say, it's endangering endangered opponent. That's how it should be. It's just not implemented, implemented enough consistently yeah. by the referees. And, I think you can argue VAR, you can argue these changes, but ultimately, if they keep coming back to the same people, the referees, this but this set, will find a way to mess it up.
2: Because I said, I said the other day, I, I think that's the biggest problem with the red card, yellow card idea. Is everyone talking about oh yeah, but he didn't mean it or oh he's not that type of player? It doesn't matter. Completely yeah. agree. It doesn't matter if you're the dirtiest player in the world, but you didn't mean to do it. Or it doesn't matter if you're a an natural angel who's never had a book in their life. If you have two-footed someone, yeah, then yeah. you need to go off. Or yeah. if you have gone in recklessly, it doesn't matter if you've slipped. It just doesn't matter if you've fallen. If you have gone in and it is reckless, it is a red card. And the yeah. problem we got is you have too many pundits saying stupid things. Goes back to what you said, but pundits saying things like oh, back in my day, or whatever, hmm. it doesn't matter if you didn't try and do it. Yeah. You've done it, and that's it. Like. You take you take your punishment.
1: Yeah, yeah what was it? Wasn't it Jamie Redknapp on the Lucas Dinia one? He said, oh, if you've ever played football, that's never a red card. Why are you saying, like, you don't need to say stuff forgot do? Do you know what I mean? Like, he's literally put his studs against someone's Achilles. They could have snapped his Achilles. Yeah, and exactly. Obviously, he didn't mean to do it, but I don't think 99% of players don't mean to do it. Exactly. win a pitch like i look at rugby all the time you know up in the air the ones in the weekend with the shoulders they didn't mean to do that but you're endangering yeah it's not about did you mean to do it or not it's have you endangered a, an opponent you have a duty of care to make sure that, that player gets off the pitch basically in one piece so yeah i don't know maybe it's too broad a topic but i just think something needs to change maybe it's more the descent side of things maybe they just need to that you just needs you to off change. Or, something or like even I...
0: if refs are mic'd up, and not that they play it, if they don't play it, fine. But if refs are mic'd up, it's reviewed independently after each game and gone, oh, actually, we picked up Bruno, you've sworn at the referee six times this game. Yeah. You're banned. Like, just have some... some I think that really needs to change. The yeah. card system and the actual punishment for tackles and that side, I think the system is fine. The refs just...
1: Oh, That's okay. my point though, how are you really going to, because unless you ban them for significance, you've given them one match ban. I mean, I think most players would just be like, okay, whatever. Yeah, but then but if, 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 three, give in,
0: if they do again three match ban.
1: Because I can imagine, imagine you had 10 bins though, before a card first few games, or oh, everyone's given dissent, bang, 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 bang. Count you next week, none of them will do it. And it's the quickest and easiest way to get rid of it. Because how else are you really going to get stamped out? Because, to me, it's, it's ruining the game, especially at the moment. And it, it must be so hard for refs. But like, then they so- call them all, all the time. But yeah, but like-
0: So many different ways Yeah, but a player could just come and swear at them in their own language. Ref has no understanding.
2: I do think there's a lot to be said, though. You know you're saying about they're the recording it. Mm-hmm. I just think, you can almost shame players into it. Because I think, yeah. I, obviously, adrenaline goes, they're so pumped and they're so ready for it. Some of them probably don't even I love John Ensign. I absolutely adore him. But there's nobody worse in terms of getting after a ref. Because if you think you can get an advantage, he will shout and scream and, and you think, well, if maybe you played that back to John Ensign on a Monday morning, so like, well, mate, are you happy with that? Is, it like, are we, is that how you want to conduct yourself? He probably would say no. Yeah. But a lot of them just can't see it when they're in the game. But that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be brought up on it and be told, like, look, this is actually what you sound
3: like.
2: Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because, like and you said, you soon start realizing. Oh, actually, I'm going to get recorded. You and if I was going to gonna say-, say the wrong thing,
1: yeah, yeah. And yeah.
0: I don't think it's not a bad idea. Yeah, that's my my takeaway from what you said is the descent monarchy. Them look into that. I don't think sending bin on an extra in-game punishment is the way to go, but. If there's a system to record, that would be my my
2: answer to the whole mm-hmm. question. But
1: no problem at all. That's what uh, an open debate should be.
2: Enjoy that one. That was a good one. I also do have uh, next week's topic. Oh. Next topic: um. favorite footballing cliches. No, <laughs> what I mean by that is if you think, for example, for about the transfer market. What are the things that are always said about the transfer market? Or more than anything, the terminology that gets said, the words that don't actually mean anything, but they're always said about in fo- within football. Yeah. Um, And which ones do you think come up where you're just like, well, what does that actually mean? But everyone just kind of takes it as, oh, yeah, well, of course, that's what—that yeah. that's a normal thing to say.
1: Can it be some something that's said by one person every transfer window?
2: Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I, think
0: I know exactly eight. Right. I've got, one. I've got we one. just say eight footballing cliches, and then you can make up your own reason yeah. why you want to talk about it? Basically, yeah, it's
2: quite broad the definition, but I thought I'd give you a bit of a just a guidance. Okay. But yeah, just cliché or terminology <laughs> that is used in football often that you either love or you hate. Or yeah, you so just want to bring a, up.
1: Yeah. I've got a list because uh, we did it for the names of the podcast. Oh, nice. 20,
0: so <laughs> I'm sure if I do just keep that yeah just yeah. keep that um yeah so so much for not talking my referees so I think we we have well to get to by, yeah we may as well just end by saying Patrick Bamford's offside is a disgrace and thanks for listening and JaZ
3: do deck it's an outrage it's a disgrace <laughs> <laughs> Cheers lads Cheers. Adios See you